Welcome to another episode of our Livre Vert with me, Avanti Victoire. At the very outset, I'd like to say today's episode is going to cover Canadian politics and what is happening in the Canadian Parliament. This discussion is likely to bring back some of the very dark chapters of Ukrainian history. That said, none of this is intended to play into the hands of Russian propaganda or to take away Ukraine's supreme right to self-rule. On the 22nd of September, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, addressed the Canadian Parliament, and shortly after his speak, Antony Rota, the Speaker of the House, stood up and described a certain Yaroslav Hanka as a Ukrainian hero. Mr. Hanka, a Ukrainian-Canadian, had fought for the first Ukrainian division and, of course, the Canadian Parliament had not done their due diligence on what was the first Ukrainian division. Of course, Jewish groups were quick to point out that the first Ukrainian division was nothing more than a group of Ukrainians who had volunteered to fight on the side of the Nazis. The Wiesenthal Center for Holocaust Studies has documented numerous such battalions, namely three, SS Galician, SS Nachtigall and SS Roland. Now, the 1st Ukrainian Division is also referred to as the 14th SS Waffen Unit, which was a voluntary unit of people who basically enrolled to fight for the greater cause of the Nazis. And herein lies the repackaging and the rewriting of history because many of these Ukrainians who were actually involved in genocide and war crimes are presented as heroes and Ukrainian nationalists when actually they were nothing but Nazi collaborators. Incidentally, today happens to be the 30th of September and for those of us who study history, we should remember that the 29th and 30th of September in 1941 witnessed the Babia massacre, which was of course the genocide committed not just by German Nazis but also by ethnic Ukrainians who were only too happy to join in to finish off over 34,000 Jews and Romanies in Babia, which became the site of the terrible massacre that took place. Presenting any of this as nationalism is only to the detriment of Ukraine and its future within the EU. But why did Canada, a liberal democracy, try to pass Nazis as nationalists? And furthermore, why does Canada also try to present terrorists as freedom fighters? This time, even mainstream media did not let it pass. The BBC published an article titled Canada's Nazi Row Put Spotlight on Ukraine's World War II Past. And of course, the Washington Post as well published an article saying... Polish officials want Canada to extradite Ukrainian veteran of the Nazi unit. So, there you have it. Poland wants the 98-year-old Yaroslav Hanka to be extradited. And for those of us who are wondering why Poland wants Mr. Hanka to be extradited, it's because the 1st Ukrainian Division was also involved in the massacre of Poles, a hundred thousand Poles were massacred, especially the peak of it took place in 1943 and this happened in Eastern Galician or Volinia. This region saw a lot of violence that was perpetrated by this first Ukrainian division especially. Now this is not to say that the Germans did not commit crimes in Ukraine. It was all the onus of this was not just on the Ukrainians but we cannot rewrite this chapter of history 
it is time for people to address this chapter of history so that it does not get manipulated and does not play into the hands of Russian propaganda. As for Canada, one has to wonder what kind of due diligence or information do their parliamentarians do or even have access to. Of course, fortunately, the Speaker of the House has resigned and offered his unconditional apology, but that goes to show how ill-informed the members of the Parliament are. And they're not alone in this. A lot of us have ruling leaders who are terribly ill-informed. Furthermore, Justin Trudeau has also offered his apology and said this was a deeply embarrassing episode for the Canadian Parliament. Now, if this were just a one-off, then we could let it pass. But sadly, this is not the only time that Canada has blundered. For those who study Indian history, they know full well that Canada harboured a lot of Khalistani terrorists. Now, Khalistan was a very dark chapter of Indian history where ethnic Sikhs were fighting for their own land within India and they wanted to call it Khalistan. The peak of this movement took place in the 80s and the 90s. But the Khalistani movement ended violently when it was brought to an end by the Blue Star operation that was launched by the then Indian Prime Minister Indira Gandhi. Indira Gandhi, however, paid a very heavy price for standing up against the Khalistani separatists and the Khalistani terrorists. There was a difference between the two of them. And they ended up assassinating her. And this is where it gets interesting because many of those people who were involved in terrorist activities were then able to flee to Western democracies, notably to Canada, where the Khalistani movement is still alive and even today a Khalistani separatists threaten other people in the name of creating a Khalistan in India. The Khalistani movement was very active in Britain and in Canada. Some of us may have forgotten, but the Khalistani movement even managed to plant a bomb on AI Flight 182 and 307 passengers were killed, out of which 286 were Canadians, 27 were Britons and 22 were Indians. Sadly, the only person that was held accountable for this attack was a British Canadian national by the name of Inderjeet Singh Rejath and he was incidentally released from prison in 2017 after having served a number of years in prison. The attack in 1985 was attributed to a group called Babar Khalsa and this group was willing to resort to violence and even kill innocent people. Now, this is the problem that Canada has chosen to romanticise this sort of freedom struggle and not see them as terrorists, just as Canada chose to see Mr. Hunker as a Ukrainian hero rather than a die-hard Nazi. <laughs>